change the world. If we can help you in any way at all, feel free to reach out to us on hello at glenridge.org.za. One of the one of the 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 striking uh, parts of reading this first chapter of the book of Joshua is this continual use of this phrase, be strong and courageous. And I was so excited about what Christian unlocked this morning in terms of praying for people, because I feel like God wants to pray for more people after this. I'm not going to talk for long, because actually I feel like God wants to put a strength and a courage in us for this next season. And uh, so if, you, if, if you're at the book of Joshua, what you can do is just turn a few pages back into the book of Deuteronomy. In chapter 31, and you'll see there in verse 2, Moses goes to speak to, the, to Israel and he says this, I'm now 120 years old and I'm no longer able to lead you. Which means if you're 119, you are. So there's no excuse for age. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God has himself will go ahead of you. Go down to verse 6. And then he, go, he carries on and he says, actually Joshua is going to be the guy that does it. In verse 6 he says this, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Verse 7, Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all of Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their forefathers to give to them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Verse 23, the Lord gave this command to Joshua, son of Nun. Be strong and courageous, for you will bring the Israelites into the land I promised them on earth, and I myself will be with you. You've got to know God's speaking to this, this guy. This guy, Joshua. Remember, Joshua was born in Egypt. He was born into slavery. And they say by the time that he got out, that he led the people in, he was 80 or 85 years old. So you think, Joshua, you have this picture in the kind of kids' school, kids' uh, Bible, and you see this young man with a sword going into the land. It wasn't a young man with the sword. It's an amazing thing, friends, that God always uses profoundly young and inexperienced people or old and decrepit people. Why? Because then they depend on Him and not on themselves. So God will take this man who's 80 or 85 years old. Remember, this, this man, Joshua, was this guy that in Exodus chapter 17, they've just come out of Egypt, and they run into their Malachites. And God says, I'm going I'm to defeat them. Jo uh, Moses, what I want you to do is I want you to get up onto the mountain, and Joshua, I want you to get onto the ground with a sword, and I want you to take on this army and defeat them. And if you, if, you, if you know the story, if you're not familiar with the Bible, it's a story about these guys having this war, but Moses, their leader, standing on the top, and two of his friends coming up and holding up his hands, and it says as long as he held up his hands, they, the, the, the battle was won. As soon as his hands started to fall, they started to lose the battle. 
And it was indicating that actually, although Joshua was fighting with the sword, it was God who was winning the battle. That was this Joshua. That was a young Joshua coming out. He then goes into, into um, they're about to cross into this promised land, and, and Moses sends out 12 spies to go into the land just to check it out and see how, how what it's like. And the 12 spies come back with this massive amount of, massive thing of grapes and fruit. And they come out and they say to Moses, Moses, the, this land surely is an amazing land. This land is full of great fruit, and, and the problem is it's, there's people there that are going to fight us, and they are massive people, and they, are, they look at us as though we're grasshoppers. Ten of them say that. Two of them, a guy called Caleb and this young guy called Joshua, says, no, 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 no. Actually, this is the land that our Father's given to us. This is the land our God's given to us. We need to get in there and take it. And what happens is they don't, and so they go around the mountain and around the desert for 40 years. So, Mo, so Joshua comes out of Egypt. He has this great victory, this first, this first fight that Israel has. after they, And he knows, hang on, God's with me. I can fight. He then, he then, with the same group of people, for 40 years goes around the desert. And now he's about to cross in and God says, now you're going to take them in. This generation, this new generation that's grown up. You're going to take them in, and he's 85 years old. You see, he, he, couldn't, he couldn't wield the, the sword like he did when he came out of Egypt. The difference was he knew his God better. The difference was he knew the power of his God. He knew the, the, the wonder and the promise of his God, and he treasured that. You can imagine him for 40 years walking around with these people moaning all the time. God providing, giving them manna, giving them food to eat, water to drink, providing for them, and, and moaning and whining, and he is treasuring this promise of God in his heart until he gets to that stage and God says, now it's time. And, he's, and he can have all the excuses in the world, but Lord, why didn't you do it when I was 40? Why are you doing it when I'm 80 or 85? And God says, it's got nothing to do with you, Joshua. It's got nothing to do with you. This is about me giving you an inheritance and a promise. In the, in the first chapter of Joshua, we see three times him say this thing, be strong and courageous. You can turn over to Joshua chapter 2, verse 3. So what happens is, is that now he sends two people into the land to go and spy. Joshua does. I think he figured, listen, I'm not sending 12 again because 10 are going to come back with a bad report. Let's just send in two. Maybe they come back with a good report. Anyway, he sends in two, and what they do is they go to this prostitute, Rahab. They, they, they go and they find refuge. They, they're scouting out the land. They're scouting out the city. They're scouting out what's going down. And they, and they find this lady, Rahab, who's a prostitute, and they go and take refuge with her. If you want to know what's going on in town, you just need to go to the prostitute. Because all those influential people, Guess where they come on the weekends? And guess what they talk about? And so you want to know what's going on. They're not stupid. They go straight to the, we're going to find out what's happening here. And anyway, this is what happens in Joshua chapter 2. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab, bring out the men who, you, uh, who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. She hides them under the straw in her roof. 
And this is what she says to them in verse 8. Before the spies laid down for the night, she went up to the roof and said to them, I know the Lord has given this land to you. Remember now, this is, the, the, this is not somebody that's part of Israel. This is a foreigner. This is, a, this is an alien. This is somebody that's in the land that they're going to take. I know that the Lord has given this land to you and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sion and to Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard it, our hearts melted and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Verse 24. They said to Joshua, The Lord has surely given this whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. It's an amazing thing. They send in, a, they send in spies, and these people's hearts are melting with fear because of the reputation of the God of these people that are coming. But what does he say to Joshua? It's okay to be fearful. No, he doesn't. He says, I want you to be strong and courageous. You see, it's exactly the opposite of the report that they got when they went into the land. He says to, he says to them, I want you to be strong and courageous. Strong and courageous. That word strong means this. To be strong, to strengthen, to harden, or to take hold of. The word group describes a physical and moral strength of people and society. A physical and moral strength. I think if I had, to, had, a, had a word to describe strong and courageous, it would be this, make sure that your morale is good. Because an army without morale cannot fight or win a battle. So I want to talk this morning about what it means to be, have, to, for God to put some strength and courage in us that the morale of the people of God, of the army of God, begins to build and to increase as they begin to transition into this new season. You see, this is what the, uh, some dic uh, dictionary definitions of morale are. The amount of confidence felt by a person or group of people, especially when in dangerous or difficult situations. So morale, the strong and courageous word, has got to do with confidence. Confidence in what God is saying and what God's doing. Another definition says this, the confidence, enthusiasm, and discipline of a person or a group at a particular time. And that word enthusiasm, entheos, in God. That's what enthusiasm, to be an enthusiastic person means to be in God, in theos. Theos means God in Greek. So actually what he's saying here, he's saying actually if you want to be strong and courageous, you've got to be confident in who I am, confident in who you are. Friends, the reason why we are doing training and equipping flat out this year is that you've got to be confident in who he is and confident in who you are. And that confident in who he is and confident in who you are, Thursday night from the 7th of February, you're going to start to get that. 
Because in the wholeness course, you're going to get find confidence in who you are under Him. And in the, in the unlocking the Bible course and learning to understand the Scriptures and unpack them so that they can have meaning for your life, you're going to start to unlock who He is. And you do both those, friends, and we're going to run them over and over again over the years because all of us need to do both of those courses. You can only do one now because they're running at the same time, but when they get run again, you've got to get in there. You've got to get in there. I'm running ahead of my notes already. The power of morale, friends. I want to play you a little video clip for, for those that are my age. Band of brothers, if I say that, you just think, oh, just give me a weekend and let me just binge on the series Band of Brothers. And it, it's for those that don't know, Band of Brothers is a, is a, is a documentary, it's, it's historical, they speak to the real people in the, in the documentary after they've made the movie, and it's around the, World War II and the battle that they're taking as the, as the army's advancing. And they have this... This, this young lieutenant, his name is Dick Winters. He's the guy. He's the guy. Dick Winters is the guy. He is he's a simple guy, but he's a brave guy. He earns the respect of his followers. He gets promoted to become battalion leader. And they're going into the city. And what happens in the city is they've handed now over to this guy, Lieutenant Dark. Lieutenant Dark is fearful. And he doesn't lead from the front like Winters does. He sends the guys out. And you know that when you're taking ground, when you're moving forward, when you, when you want to take ground, the worst thing you can do is stop when, you, when you're attacking. You, even worse than you can't go backwards, the worst thing you can do is to stop. You've got to keep going forwards. And so what happens is the armies, now the, the, the allies are coming through, and, they, and what happens is this, this, this leader freezes. He freezes in the midst of it. Um, our, our Winters, who was their kind of lieutenant, who's now been promoted, he, he's, he's stripping, he's getting out, because now he's going to go, and he gets called back by the general, and he says, hey, you get back here now. You are the battalion leader. It's not for you to go. It's for you to stay here. And he calls this guy Lieutenant Spears. Lieutenant Spears has got a little bit of a screw loose. But he is a fearsome warrior. And he says, Spears, come here, get hold of these men and take them forward and get them moving forward again. And what happens is he gets there, he starts to do something, and then what happens is this clip happens. So it's a minute and 36 seconds. If you're... And what happens is they win the battle because a man was strong and courageous. The absolute wonder of that clip, friends, is this thing is we have a, a Lieutenant Spears, except his name is not Lieutenant Spears. His name is creator of the universe, Jesus Christ, who broke the ranks, and he didn't just go there, he came back for us. And friends, I tell you what, when we want to be strong and courageous, we want to be strong and courageous. My, my first point is this. It needs leaders to stand up and break the line. It needs leaders to stand up and break the line. Otherwise, we're going nowhere. You see, the morale of the, of the army, the morale of the troops, is so depends on the example of its leaders. If its leaders are shrinking back, 
The army goes nowhere. If the leaders are breaking the line and, and, and running into space and creating the space for the others to follow in, what happens is the army goes forward, friends. And at this stage, I want to say to you, you're saying, but Stan, I'm not a leader. Yes, you are a leader. Every single person in this room is a leader. And, it is, and, and upon us, it's actually on our shoulders in this time, in this generation, to break the line and, and be a Lieutenant Spears that gets the message across, gets back to that company and comes back to his troops and then takes the battle in. Because, friends, we've got an example in Jesus that is profound in this way. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you become Lieutenant Spears. It starts with the leaders. It's incredible. Joshua, his name wasn't Joshua to start off with. It was Hashia, which meant salvation. And, and Moses changed it to Joshua, which means Joshua, uh, Jehovah is salvation. You see, what happened is some of us have got to undergo a, a name change. Because if your name's just salvation, you think you're salvation. You're the one with the sword fighting the Amalekites. But God says, no, no, the gospel changes that around. The gospel shifts that around and says that He is the Savior and we are to come alongside Him and He empowers us and strengthens us to break the line and open space for people to cross into their inheritance. It starts with the leaders. God will use, friends, the young and inexperienced, as well as the old and decrepit. I'm not trying to be derogatory or decrepit. I just couldn't think of a better word. <laughs> Friends, Joshua went in at 80 or 85. Which means there's some 80-year-olds sitting here who God is saying, it's not your job to fight with the sword. It's your job to tell the next generation that God is good and He has promises for you. And I, can, and, I, and I can, with my own life, I can tell you with my own experience, with my own understanding, not, not theory, my, my lived life of how, God good, how good God is. The first thing is this. We need leaders to stand up. The second thing from the book of Joshua, this first chapter here, he says this in, in verse 8. Verse 8. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on, it, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything with what is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. Friends, if we want the morale of the army to lift and if we want a strength and a courage, you've got to know the book of the law. That is why we are doing an Unlocking the Bible course. Because the, the, the morale of the army that doesn't know their God and doesn't know the character and the nature and the works of their God will never have the morale, the strength, and the courage to break across into enemy territory. Friends, they, they, their first obstacle is a river that's in flood. It was the book of the law that taught them that when they came out of Egypt, there was a river that was impassable. There was a sea that was impassable, and it, and it opened and let the people through. And so when they got to the, that river now, they know there's something that God's done this before. Unless you know that, friends, you're not going to have the power and the, the faith to step into this next season. You've got to know the book of the law. 
It's absolutely intentional that we're doing hermeneutics and wholeness as training on the, on, for Thursday nights. Because, friends, we're not here to play games on a Sunday. We're here to raise up an army that's going to change the world. And we're not going to change the world if we don't know the Bible. If we don't know our God. If we don't read the Bible through the lens of Jesus. If we don't understand this Jesus and why He came and what was so significant about that. If we don't really get to grips with that and understand this and we... we one of, the, one of the, the worst things that ever happened to the Bible is that chapters and numbers were put into it. Because now we can isolate verses. We don't read it as a narrative. We don't read it as a book. We read verses. And you can go to the concordance and they can look up and they can give you a verse. So we don't live in the story of what God is doing. We live in the concordance of what God needs, wants us to do for me. Rather than living in the story of what God's doing and partnering with Him. And when we read the Bible right, friends, it gives us the faith and the strength to step into what we've got. He says this. He says, don't let it depart from your mouth. See, it's not about getting it into your ears. It's about getting it out of your mouth. He says, you've got to know this Bible. You've got to know this law. You've got to know this God. And you've got to begin declaring it. You've got to begin speaking it. I tell you, I had supper with somebody last night, and uh, they, one of their, they've got a beginning of the year, they've got a kind of a 40-day fast kind of thing, but a different kind of fast. It's not really a fast, but a 40 days of intentionally going after some things. And one of the things that he, they intentionally are going after is that he doesn't want to speak badly of his boss for the next 40 days. It's... What he's saying is, he's saying, actually, what comes out of my mouth is absolutely important, and I don't want what is not in God's mind to come out of my mouth. I want what is in God's mind to come out of my mouth. How's your conversations? You want to be strong and courageous. What comes out your mouth matters. What comes out your mouth matters if you want to have, you want to have an army that's got morale. You've got to, be, you've got to know that they are not, they're not bad-mouthing the guy in the foxhole next to them. Their life is dependent on that guy. In fact, when that guy's weak, they're getting in there and they're picking him up and saying, come on, you can do this. We need you to hold the line. That spot where you're holding, you've got to hold that line. You've got to keep it, otherwise that's going to be the place they come through. What comes out of our mouths, friends, is unbelievably important unbelievably important. Do not let it depart from what, remember this, Jesus said, what comes out of your mouth is a reflection of what's in your heart. So you want to shape and discipline your heart? Start with, stop with your mouth. You know what it says in Numbers 13 of the spies that came back? This is what they say. Listen to what they said. Remember, it's, this is what they said. This is, they come back, they go there, and this is what they tell the people in Numbers 13, verse 27. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land in which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. Gives them the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw a descendants of Anak there. The Malachites live there. 
the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the, in the hill country, the Canaanites, they all live there. Verse 30. I love this. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up said, we can't attack these people, they are stronger than we are. And they, are spread among the, and, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. You know, friends, the morale of the army is so dependent around the conversation around the dining room table, the morale of this army. Is it negative? Is it positive? What is it? God says, this is what I'm going to do. And we're criticizing, and we're moaning, and we're whining, and we think the country's going to become a better place because, of, because we're moaning and whining about the government is doing this and not doing that. I'm not saying we're not living in reality, friends. I'm just saying that us, the people of God, we're not the worst of the world. What, if we know the Word and the promise of God in the Word and the promise of His presence and the promise of His power and the promise of His character and His intent over our lives, friends, that is what comes out of our mouths. So that when we leave the table, we leave grace at the table, not a critical spirit. Strong and courageous. Listen to what they say. They, they spread this bad report. So 10 people went and, and, and spread this report around the whole, all the people. Now everybody's panicking because of these 10 faithless men. They said the land we explored devours those living in it. They've just said it's a good land and it's flowing with milk and honey and all sorts of things. Now they're saying, but this land actually devours, they're saying it's a good land. Now all of a sudden they're saying it actually devours those living in it. All the people we saw that were of great size, we saw the Nephilim there, the, the descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We, see, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. You see, what happens, friends, when what comes out of our mouth is not out what comes out of the mind of God or out of the Word of God. What happens is it very quickly degenerates into something worse. So it was, yes, it's a good land to live, but you know what? They're powerful. We can't do it. Now, actually, if you go into this land, it's going to devour everybody that lives in it. And actually, we grasshoppers. And then we start to put into the enemy's mind what they think of us. And they even think that we grasshoppers. How do they know what they think? But you see what happens, this is what happens when we don't know this book of the law and, we don't, and what comes out of our mouth is not shaped by the word of God. We become an army that's got no morale. And our hearts start to melt with fear at what lies ahead. God is saying, no, 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 I want an army that's full of strength and courage. He then goes on in Joshua, he says, and I want you to not only must it, uh, be careful what mustn't depart from your mouth, he says, but you must meditate on it. Meditate on it. It means you've got you to get what God is saying, and you've got, to, you've got to actually sit there and say, God, what does that mean? You've got to meditate on it. You've got to, you've got to think about it. You've got to ingest it. You've got to let it marinate you. You've got to let it change the way you think. It's not just, a, well, I know the text and I know the verse. And I've, I've heard that before. Yeah, but have you meditated? Has it become part of who you are? 
this word. And one of the things, friends, that they meditate, that they were to meditate on was on the power of God. They were to meditate on the power of God because the power of God was displayed in this word. Remember, they had the first five books. They were, they, the book of the law was there. They, they, were, to, they were to meditate on it. What comes out of your mouth, what is in, goes into your mind, you've got to actually be shaped by what God is saying, not by what the world is saying. And friends, not what social media is saying. Because actually social media is shaping most of the church more than what the Word of God is. And the negativity and the criticism and all the stuff that comes with it is shaping the church and, and putting, melting, having our, our hearts are melting with fear because we're reading News 24 more than we're reading Numbers 24. Before, more than we're reading the Bible. He says, be careful to do everything in it. You see, this word of the law, this, this strong army, not only do they know this word, do they understand this is what God is, this is who He is, but actually they, they, they begin to declare that, they begin to speak that out, they begin to meditate it, and then they begin to obey it. They begin to do it. It doesn't just get into their heads, it gets into their hands. It doesn't just get into their minds, it comes out of their mouths. They actually begin to live this, and he's saying this, Actually, if you want to be strong and courageous, you've got to be these kind of people. I feel like this morning, God is wanting to increase the morale of people. I feel like this morning, God is wanting to put strength and courage into people. It's, it's, it's like, I feel like it's not just a normal morning. I feel like God in this space, is actually wanting to come and put strength and courage and pour it into people's lives. Because some of you have known God for a long time and stopped meditating on the Word of God. And the, the thing that's coming out your mouth is not the Word of God. And you've stopped obeying the Word of God. And so what's happened is you've got hearts of fear and are melting. You see, this army, this season of taking new space, of, of walking into the inheritance of the promises of God, is going to take leaders like Lieutenant Spears, who are followers not of Lieutenant Spears, but of Jesus, that are going to stand up, understand who they are, understand who God is, and begin to take ground, friends. But you're going to need strength and courage. And one of the ways you're going to do that is to know this book. Unlocking the Bible. Wholeness. You know, you know a, 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 the morale of a unit, of a, of a battalion or of a fighting unit is so dependent on its unity. A divided army is weak. An army that's got, that hasn't got strong and courageous leaders is going to go nowhere. But an army that is divided is just weak. It's not going to go anywhere, but it's going to get defeated. And one of the things that God is busy doing in this next season is bringing a unity of heart and mind and spirit into the church, into this church, and into the church of Durban because He is wanting to do something profound in this next season. And unity takes maturity. It takes wholeness. You need to be whole if you want to be unified.
You need to know who you are. Otherwise, you get insecure and you get worried about what everybody else thinks about you. And you get shaped by your past and you get shaped by your experiences instead of being shaped by who God is and what He says and your created purpose that He has over your life. Friends, we serve a Jesus and we serve a God who is profoundly working at this time. I saw somebody that hadn't been here for a while and he walked in as I walked in with him. And he said, cheapest things have changed a bit. And I said to him, yes, they have changed, but one thing hasn't changed for you. This place is always your home. You can be away for a while, but this place is still your home, my bud. Because actually, this is a people that actually wants to hold on to you. Unity, maturity. Friends, God wants to put strength and courage into us this morning. If you, if you are lacking strength and courage... Your morale is dipped. And you feel like, actually, what does this mean? Where am I going? Who's God? I want you to come to the front now. And if the band can come up, please. God wants to put strength and courage into His people this morning. And He started doing it already as Christian gave that, that, that call. And if you came up for that call, come up again. Because actually God is wanting to put something into us, friends, that we can take hold of this next season. Maybe we can all just stand, if you don't mind. Strength and courage. Strength and courage. Over and over and over again, in the midst of his weakness, Joshua, Joshua's weakness, God says to him, but you must just be strong and courageous. This army needs a leader that knows who I am and knows what my promises are. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, you don't know this God, you don't know what I'm talking about. What do you mean, Jesus? What? Friends, Jesus was a man that actually was God. It's quite confusing. That came to earth and lived like a man so that he could pay the penalty for our sin. He could pay, he could put right, he could reconcile us with, his, with God, with his Father. And the Bible says that if we put our trust in Him and the Lordship of who He is and what He's done, something enters into us that we don't yet have called the Spirit of God that changes our lives from the inside out. Not only does He forgive us of our sin, no matter what you've done, no matter how, where you've been, no matter how filthy you think you are, He washes that as white as snow, but He actually puts you into a future and he says, I want you to cross into a land of milk and honey. And I want you to follow me there into it. And if you don't know that Jesus, come up this morning as well. Because that Jesus knows you and wants to know you better. And is calling you.